Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Do you know who's watching you? Good morning. Do you know who's listening to your most private conversations? Cameras and listening devices can be just hidden anywhere. Public restrooms, hotel rooms, we're going to be talking about that. It could even be in your bedroom. My guest today is my friend and private investigator, Jimmy Messis. Hi, Jimmy. Welcome to the show. Hello there, Francie. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great. You're in New Jersey. Have you dug out of the snow yet? Well, I've been, I haven't had to go to the gym at all this season. I've been uh, shoveling snow every other day. So uh, we're up to, I think, 60 inches so far. So 60 can't, inches. can't complain. My arm's in really good shape. And aren't you expecting another storm? Or did that already pass? Uh, oh, no. Now we're getting rainstorms and wind. But that's okay. We'll deal with the rain. Just The snow gets to be a little bit too much. Oh, yeah, but the rain, but the rain freezes, and that creates more problems. Well, we have a heat wave. It's going to be in the 50s, so we're, we're going to be in good shape. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a nightmare. Okay, Jimmy, thanks for being on the show. Let's first talk about your background. I know, I know you were a military translator in the Marines. Right. And then how did you transition from there to doing private investigations? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I had known uh, when I was still in high school that I wanted to be a private investigator. Really? So I, I knew early on what I was going to do when I grew up, and uh, I figured a military background would be a good, solid foundation, and as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps, I uh, ended up doing some work in security, and then I ended up getting hired as a PI in New York City, and the rest is history. Yeah, I remember hearing your stories about uh, being on the streets of New York City as a young private investigator. Oh, it was definitely an experience. And you know what they say, if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. And it's, it's, it's so true when you're in a city of 8 million people. Um, and there's this tremendous volume of work and a, a lot of people. You learn how to do surveillance and investigations. And you're also competing with, there's over 2,000 PIs in a 25-mile radius of New oh, York wow. City. So uh, if you're not good, you're not going to make it. Yeah. So how long have you been a private investigator now? Uh, or should I ask? Uh, well, I actually became a private investigator in uh, 1979. A and uh, have been on my own since 1980. Um, and uh, i got to tell you, I, I love it. I love what I do. To me, it's not work. Uh, mm-hmm. And I enjoy being able to help people and uh, get paid for doing it. That's great. Now, I know you've, been, you've qualified as an expert witness in all kinds of things. What, what are some of those? Um, I've qualified as an expert witness uh, mainly in the area of uh, surveillance, electronic surveillance, uh, also in uh, professional practices for private investigators. You know, sometimes PIs uh, cross the line and they do things they're not supposed to be doing, and I've testified in court uh, uh, about the practices of whether an investigator has done something right or wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there are standards. A lot of people don't know that there are, but there are standards. 
there are, and uh, you know, many states uh, have licensing for PIs. There's basically only four states that don't require licensing, and then in some other states, you have to be licensed either by uh, in the county or in the city. Mm-hmm. And some of the states uh, license PIs through the state police, or they'll be licensed through the Secretary of State or some other government agency of the state that'll handle the uh, licensing requirements. And we certainly believe that licensing is a good thing. Uh, it really is, because if you think about it, for the states that don't require licensing, uh, anybody can uh, put a shingle out, say that they're a PI and they have zero experience and they're getting personal information from people and they're mm. taking their money. And you want to make sure that when you hire an investigator, they really know what they're doing and they've been vetted. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then I know also, Jimmy, you've been a recipient of a, numerous awards. What two awards meant the most to you? Um, you know, I'd have to say basically there were three awards. Um, the, the one that I, uh, I truly cherish is the one that I received from NCISS. Uh, two of them I received from them, uh, having been the legislative chairman and uh, the, uh, the professional lobbyist, if you want to say, for the mm-hmm. uh, profession, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, certainly an honor. And uh, the World Association of Detectives uh, provided me with the uh, Hal Lipset Memorial Truth in Action Award, which is their highest award. And that meant a lot to me because it's an international award. Uh, world Association of Detectives is the oldest association throughout the world for private detectives. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the uh, World Association of Professional Investigators uh, made me an honorary, uh, honorary life member. And they're actually out of London, England. Yeah, I, yeah I'm aware of that. Yeah, and I've actually uh, been there several times and been a speaker at conferences in the U.K., so it's nice to be recognized, uh, not only just in the U.S., but uh, from other countries around the world. Absolutely. And I know you're also an honorary member of both the Georgia and Texas Private Investigators Association. That's correct. So I know you've been on a number of, of uh, television shows, Jimmy, including Larry King Live, but I also know that one of your proudest accomplishments when we, was when you were featured on History Channel. Yeah. with Operation Reunion. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, you know, I've always specialized in finding people, and uh, the History Channel approached me, and they, they wanted to start doing a TV series called Operation Reunion where they wanted to reunite soldiers that had not seen each other since the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like a, a fabulous concept. The problem is they didn't have much information, and on one of the first shows that they uh, came to me, they said... Uh, we have the name of three soldiers that were part of a crew of a helicopter that crashed in Vietnam, and the pilot survived, and he doesn't know if his crew members made it. And hmm. they asked me if I could find them, and I said, sure, you know, what are their names? And they <laughs> said, uh, Epps, Saunders, and McFarland. And I said, yeah, great, what's their first names? They said, we don't know. Oh, my God. And I said, are you kidding me? That's all you got? And they said, that's all we got. I mean, he only remembered them by their last names. And uh, a couple weeks later, I found all three. That's and amazing. They did the TV show. They reunited all three of them, and uh, the show definitely had an effect on all their lives. It was, it was a tremendous opportunity to bring them together after so many years. They each thought that they had all died, and uh, there's always a story behind, you know, finding people. Yeah, and, and what and a we, neat thing to be involved in. It must have been very gratifying. It, it was, and 
what was nice is I got to reunite all of them together. So the camera crew followed me, and I'd go to all the different cities, and mm-hmm. I brought them together, and uh, it was special. Uh, it, it was definitely one of the nicest things and greatest things I've ever done that I really felt the proudest. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know, um, because I know you guys, you and your wife, Rosemarie, jointly own and publish a private investigator trade magazine called PI Magazine. Correct. And you bought that, if I remember, the beginning of 2000, maybe? 99? It was around 2002. 2002, okay. Yeah, we're now into our 14th year. Right. And we have subscribers, uh, I think right now we're probably over 30 different countries. That's amazing. And so, Jimmy, what was your objective when you and Rob purchased the magazine? Well, the original magazine uh, had started in 1987, and it actually didn't start for private investigators. It had actually started as a uh, fiction uh, magazine for mystery writers and Hmm. writers that were writing about private investigators. And what ended up happening is once... Real PIs found out about it. They started contacting the original uh, editor of the magazine and say, "Hey, you know, we're real PIs. Why don't you start <laughs> writing about us?" Right. And and that's how that got started. And then, to be honest with you, I ended up calling the the owner of the magazine uh, in early 2001, I guess it was, and I said, "Listen, uh, I'm a subscriber to your magazine, but I got to be honest with you." I, I really think it looks lousy. I wish you could do something to make it look better and more professional. And the guy says, well, you know, if you think you can do a better job, you do it. And I said, well, if I owned it, I would. Why don't I just buy you out? <laughs> and uh, and that's how that started. On a, and I bought the magazine, and we flipped it from a, what looked like a newsletter to a mm-hmm. full-color, glossy magazine. And it's and it is a good it's a great magazine. I have to say it's a great magazine, and I would be surprised if if maybe there's somebody in the world that's a private investigator that doesn't know it exists. But you might give the website just in case there is someone. Well, out thank there. you. Uh, if anyone wants to just see what it looks like, you can go to pimagazine.com, and there's a little flash banner on the top. And if they click on it, they can actually get to see a free sample issue of the magazine. Perfect. Perfect. And you and Roe own a couple of three other companies. Just can you talk briefly about those? Um, well, one of the other companies is uh, PI Bookstore. Yeah. And Rosemary basically handles the bookstore. We have over 700 titles that are all directly related to investigations. Um, and that is PIBookstore.com. And one of the unique things about uh, our selling proposition is you never pay retail. We all we sell all of the books on that website at discounted prices, and often we can beat Amazon prices. And m- many of the books that we carry are in stock as compared to, let's say, going to Amazon where you've got to wait a couple weeks to get the books. We have them in stock, and then we can ship them out. Um, another company that we uh, have is PIGear.com. Uh, and PIGear, basically, uh, we provide law enforcement, military, and private investigators, as well as consumers with uh, hidden uh, surveillance equipment, spy gadgets, hidden cameras uh, that are used for lawful purposes, uh, GPS trackers. So what's interesting, Francie, is here here we have a company where we're actually selling equipment Mm -hmm. that can capture hidden video and GPS tracking, 
And part of the topic of our conversation today is uh, how to find <laughs> these things when they're being right. used against you. Cause exactly. Some people don't use them the legitimate way. They're using them in an unlawful manner, and uh, it's unfortunate, but I'm going to hopefully l- have your listeners learn how to find these things. Yes, that's what, absolutely. That'll be great. And then you have one brand-new company. We have a new company. It just uh, went live the first of this month. It's PIDirectory.com. And PIDirectory.com, uh, we're hoping, is going to become the largest directory of private investigators in the world. You can visit it and uh, find PIs, any state, any country, for free. The listings are free. And private investigators can list themselves in there for free. Uh, mm-hmm. We also offer enhanced listings that uh, make them stand out just a little bit. But for the most part, using it and being listed in the website is absolutely free. Oh, interesting. Very good. Oh, this is a really good time to take a break, Jimmy. We'll be right back. Okay. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on PIs Declassified. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Before we went on the break, we were I just before we get into our topic here, I wanted to finish up with the PI director. Jimmy, you were just just saying that um, any private investigator can list for free. Right. And uh, the way um, you support the PI directory is through enhanced listings. So if somebody wants to describe their specialty or anything like that, they would pay extra or they would pay something for that. Yeah, basically what they could do is they can uh, put a lot more information about their company and themselves and, and list themselves in all the different cities that they cover 
where the basic listing, they only get uh, the one location. Mm-hmm. And enhanced listing, they can list all the different cities or areas that they cover. And that way, they have more chances of getting called uh, from uh, potential clients. And logos as well? Uh, logos, entire website, mm-hmm. I mean, everything. There's, oh, wow. there's a tremendous amount of information that they could put on this, including all the different specialties that they offer. Nice so you service. Can, yeah, you can find a PI by specialty as compared to uh, uh, location. And the one last thing that's a really cool feature about it is, let's say you're looking for a PI in uh, some small town USA and there's no PI there, the website, uh, the directory lets you find PIs that might be within a 5, 10, 20-mile radius. That's a great service. What so, a great service. Yeah. So we're hoping that uh, it's going to be an actual tool. And not only that, we're going to be advertising it uh, in insurance company publications, lawyer uh, publications. So different industries will learn of it, and they can start using it to actually find PIs to hire. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, they can find out about that at PIDirectory.com, correct? You got it. Okay. Got it. Thank you. All right. So let's talk about this crazy thing that's going on with listening devices and hidden cameras. Technology has changed so much over the years. You know, when I started out as a PI, uh, the smallest hidden camera we had was bigger than most camcorders right now. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my first video camera was, you know, a, hand, a shoulder piece and the recorder was separate. It was a cable connecting the two. And, yep. back and that, then, hasn't, that, that hasn't been long ago either. Yeah, you know, that was like $3,000 for a video camera set up when they first came out. And now you can buy a little miniature hidden camera for $49. Uh, and the whole of the lens is the size of a period at the end of a sentence. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you think about it, you have something in print in front of you right now, and you look at that period, that's it. That's yeah. the entire opening of the lens, and it's really difficult for people to find that unless they're using the proper tools. Yeah. So, so what do you do? I mean, you, you could you know, talk about this, and you can really get paranoid no matter well, where you go. There's reason to be paranoid. Um, I did, in preparation for today, um, I did a little search on, uh, on the Internet, and I just put in, like, you know, found hidden camera in bathroom or found hidden camera in store or school. And in just the last couple of months, um, uh, we found one in, uh, interestingly, I found this one. It was interesting. Toronto, Canada, dentist gets arrested for putting a hidden video camera in the office bathroom. Uh, he was not only watching his employees, but anybody who was a patient that was coming in wanted to use the bathroom. Uh, he was videotaping them. Wow. Uh, then we have uh, another one in this year, Kansas City, Missouri, where a man used a hidden camera hidden in a wristwatch. So this is like a diver's watch. Yeah. And it had a video camera in it. And he had roommates. And what he was doing is he was going to, you know, he would be the first one to take a shower in the morning. And then he'd go into the bathroom and he'd leave his watch on the, uh, <laughs> on the sink. And then when his female roommates came in to, uh, you know, shower, and he's videotaping them. Uh, he, got, he got caught because they looked at the watch and they saw there was a little a USB port on the side of the watch. And they said, this doesn't look normal. And uh, he immediately <laughs> was arrested. And then there was a hidden camera found in a, in a restaurant washroom that was 
here's the thick part. It was installed by the owner of the restaurant together with two chefs. Oh, wow. All right. And then we have, uh, there was a, uh, a $1.5 million lawsuit against uh, a major hotel where a businessman uh, thought that he saw a bug on the wall, so he swacked, swacked it, you know. Mm-hmm. Swacked. <laughs> it was a hidden camera. It was a bug, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was a bug. It was a hidden camera. And this was in a, in a hotel of a major chain. So what ends up happening is people don't realize that, uh, let's talk about hotels for a moment. Okay. Um, the easiest way to put a hidden camera in a hotel is really a guest. And the way it would work is I, I get a hotel room. I swap out, let's say, the clock radio with my clock radio that actually has a camera and a transmitter in it. Mm-hmm. And I can be in another room or I could be outside in the parking lot watching everything that's happening in that room. Now, scary. It's scary. Now, what's interesting, and this is uh, one of my international investigators told me that in Malaysia, they found that the, the hotel clerk working the front desk was actually keeping tabs of the people that were checking in that she thought were cheating spouses. Mm-hmm. And they would put them in specific rooms that were already loaded with hidden cameras. And what would happen is after the love, the love nest finished, the following day, since they had the man's contact information, they would call him up and blackmail him and say, uh-huh. we have video of you in the hotel room last night, and this is what you did, and they would give enough information for him to know that it's real. And, you know, they've been blackmailing people, and uh, hotel clerks have been getting arrested for doing this. So it's just amazing how people operate. And, you know, well, frankly, when you go to a hotel, particularly if it's a if it's a good hotel, if it's a sleazy motel or something, it's something else. But if right. it's a good hotel, you expect to be safe and that your uh, your privacy is secure. You're right, and there's only there is only one way that you would ever be able to find a hidden camera, and it's a, there's a there is a device on the market. It's very inexpensive. In fact, uh, our company has provided these to federal law enforcement agencies. They give them to their female agents so that when they're staying in a hotel room overnight, they can make sure they're not being videotaped because then they would be susceptible to blackmail and potentially becoming a a spy, what have you. And a lot of people have seen these online. It's called a spy finder. A spy finder? Spy finder, camera finder, spy finder. And what it is, it's a little handheld device with these six LED lights. They're very bright. And you look through a little viewfinder, and you point, and you paint the walls of the room with this light. Mm-hmm. And, and the moment you see this little light flashing back at you, that's the lens of a camera. Mm-hmm. So it's very inexpensive. It's not something that uh, I mean, it's very affordable. Something that fits in any woman's purse. Mm-hmm. But you will find the hidden camera hidden anywhere. Now, if remember this, the lens of the camera has to be visible to see you to record you. Right. So. The body of the camera can be hidden, but the actual little tip of the lens uh, must be uh, exposed. And that's how you catch it. So you're able to use uh, the device. Uh, for, for, if you're interested or you want to look at it online on the PIgear.com website, mm-hmm. it's, the part number is SF Sam Frank 103. SF. SF. Say that again. 
103. Sam Frank 103. Or since you're in California, San Francisco 103. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Oh, I will and, check that out. I, that's, that's such a good tip because, and, and Jimmy, uh, I know you and Road travel extensively. Have you right. ever found a camera in a place? Uh, we have not yet. Other investigators, uh, some who actually had used this particular device, where, you know, we sell them at all the shows, they had actually used this in one of the shows in Las Vegas, and they found a, ho- they found a camera in one of the hotel rooms. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the end result was, so I don't want to go mentioning the name of the hotel right. or what sure. have you, but they did find a camera, and it was a major hotel. We're not talking about a small hotel. So you never know. And you know what? Even the hotel owners would have no idea if it's in there if a guest put it in there. Right. All right. They, they just wouldn't know. Um, or if an employee put it in. Or they have now, I'll, I'll tell you where that's more uh, likely to happen. In a business where you have, let's say, a janitorial service that comes in at night, mm, uh-huh. they have all the amount of time that they want to hide a hidden camera in the vents uh, or in the bathrooms. But when I talk to people about hidden cameras, I tell them a person who installs a hidden camera is looking for the money shot. And bottom line, the money shot, you know, let's be adults. It's going to be something, you know, private body parts that are exposed. Right. And it's going to be in a shower or it's going to be in a locker room. It's going to be somewhere where somebody's going to be undressed. Right. right? And, you know, I mean, you think it's more uh, a blackmail situation rather than somebody that's just interested in body parts? No, I think it's very voyeuristic. Hmm. All right. Um, Unfortunately, here in Jersey uh, last year, we had a situation where a, a school official got caught putting a hidden video camera in the boy's shower. All right? Yeah. And I ended up working with the prosecutor's office, helping them to inspect all of the different schools and rooms that uh, this, you know, uh, a school official had been in. And uh, it's scary. I was able to identify where the person had purchased all of his hidden video equipment, and they were able to, you know, he's locked up. They put them away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in schools, this is a big problem in schools where we do a lot of inspections of actual school locker rooms and bathrooms, uh, staff bathrooms as well, because the janitors are the ones that are getting caught installing these cameras because right. they have all night to do whatever they want. Right. But high school kids are also getting caught bringing hidden cameras in their backpacks and then what will happen is they'll go into the, the locker room when they're having gym or what have you, and the kids are undressing or they're showering, and they're videotaping them. Mm-hmm. And then they're sharing the videos. So, like, I'll, I'll give you my video, you give me your video, and this seems to be a, a method how uh, pedophilia is being sold on the Internet. Yeah, they, or they, they put somebody's up on Facebook or, you know, YouTube or something. Uh, definitely. And there's a couple little tricks that you don't have to actually buy anything to determine if you're being watched. I'll give you an example. You go to uh, the dressing room of a, uh, of a store. You want to try on some clothes. You're getting undressed. And if you put your finger to the mirror, touch the mirror with your finger, you should, your nail should not be able to touch the reflection of the nail in the mirror. Mm-hmm. All right? And if it does, it could be a two-way mirror. Okay, I'm doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll see there's actually like a space between the two nails. and That's a regular mirror, but on a two-way mirror, it'll touch. Your your nail would actually touch each other. 
And that's that's just a real simple little trick that you can tell um, if there's a hidden camera. Another trick is if you're in a room and you shut off all the lights, sometimes these hidden cameras have uh, infrared illuminators so that they can videotape in complete darkness. Mm -hmm. And you might see a little bit of the glow of the infrared LEDs. Oh, interesting. Especially if they're cheap. Um, If they're, they're good quality LEDs, meaning that they have a... It's called a nanometer rating of 900 and above, totally invisible to the eye, the human eye. You'd never see it. Hmm. So, when, so I tell people, especially your listeners, just because the lights are off doesn't mean that you're not being videotaped. Right. Because with the new infrared LEDs, that room, your bedroom could be lit up like a, uh, like a stage, and you would never know it. Now, when we talk about bedroom frenzy, something to think about. There are husbands that are videotaping their wives mm-hmm. in the bedroom. Right. Boyfriends, uh, especially young people, college kids, uh, where they're going to dorm rooms and the boyfriend uh, could have the whole room raked up with hidden cameras. And, right. And, you know, the girl has no idea that this is going on. And the only way that they would know, um, really, using like the SF-103 Spy Finder, that, that's really like the best product to find it. And it's very inexpensive. I think... More than anything else, that's the only one I could recommend. It could get more sophisticated cameras that might be transmitting a signal, yeah. what have you. But now you're getting into a, a lot more expense. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Don't go away. Jimmy and I will be discussing more about hidden cameras and listening devices. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. 
Jimmy and I were just talking about uh, hidden cameras, and now I'm going to be looking over my shoulder every, every place I go. And, Jimmy, I'm definitely going to buy one of those spy finder devices um, for sure. sure. So, you know, this makes me think about um, listening devices that, you know, when you're being recorded and you don't know about it, what happens with those? Well, what's interesting is the, the name, the street name for those are bugs. You know, okay. audio transmitting devices. But technology has changed where a lot of people aren't using bugs. First off, they're illegal. Possession of a, a transmitting device like that is a federal offense. So what people are actually doing is they're going to Walmart, Target, Staples, Office Depot, and they're buying tiny little digital voice recorders that have the voice activation feature. And they're dropping them, you know, they're leaving them in certain places, hoping that there's some sort of a conversation that's going to happen that they can listen to. Um, mainly with cheating spouses, they want to, when the one spouse is at home, they want to see if the the spouse is talking to a boyfriend when they're not there, or what have you, or in mm-hmm. a car. And it's all illegal for the most part, because the law says, if you are not a party to the conversation, it's illegal. Now, in some states, it's okay that one party knows that you're recording. It's called a one-party state or a two-party right. state. So I'll give you an example. In New Jersey, it's a one-party state. As long as I'm part of the conversation, I can record anything I want. Exactly. But if I go to Pennsylvania, that's a two-party state, which means that I'm not allowed to record a telephone conversation without letting the other party know about it. Exactly. Same thing's true, of course, in California. Yeah. And now, what's interesting, the laws on video haven't caught up. So in as much as they talk about audio, a lot of these laws don't mention the word video anywhere in there. Mm-hmm. And that's where some people sometimes are able to get away with this. In fact, there were two girls down in uh, Stewart, Florida a couple months ago, and they moved into this uh, apartment in a house, and they knocked off a smoke detector by mistake, and it was a camera inside. They called mm-hmm. the police. They found a camera in the bathroom. They found a camera in the bedroom. And guess what? They couldn't arrest the guy because there was a technicality in the way that the law was written because they couldn't find either a transmitter or a recording device connected to the cameras. So as far as they were concerned, yeah, there were cameras, but you haven't proven to us that there was a way for him to watch it. And he got away with it. So the laws are kind of funky as to, depending on the state... Well, I mean, you're right. The, the laws haven't caught up with what's going on with technology all, all over the place. Yeah. Now, many times, though, with audio, you now have to use sophisticated equipment to find it. And, uh, you know, I've been doing debugging searches for over three decades, and you have to spend a lot of money on this sophisticated equipment to be able to find audio recording devices that are on or they're off. They might be transmitting or they might be recording. And you need the fancy equipment to find it. Now, now, now this is something that people really just can't buy. They have to utilize the services of a debugging specialist, which is also called the TSCM, Tam, uh, Tom, Sam, Charles, uh, Michael, which stands for Technical Surveillance Countermeasures. Correct, yeah. And, and so you're saying you just can't go to a store like, say, to me, I'm you know I'm not putting down Radio Shack, but right. a store like Radio Shack and buy something that uh, will find a bug. Yeah, it's it's very difficult. Yet 
you could go to a Radio Shack and you would be able to buy the kit that you could actually build one, though. So it's kind of interesting. Build a bug? Yeah, because, you know, it's nothing more than a little microphone with a transmitter and a little power supply. And probably for less than $20 in parts, you know, you can actually make a little transmitting audio device. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is is that if it's battery-operated, the battery won't last that long. Um, And if it's battery-operated for, like, a recorder, well, it's not going to last that long either. So the person who's doing it would basically have to have almost daily access or at the very least minimum weekly access to keep swapping out the battery. And so what you're saying is there is there a way then to remotely listen to these conversations? Yes. Oh. Um, sometimes, you know, you could think of it this way. Let's say you have a cell phone mm-hmm. and you shut off the ringer and you leave a cell phone in a room, hide it. You could call the cell phone. It'll automatically answer if you've, if you've uh, rigged it up that way. Mm-hmm. And now the microphone on the cell phone is the bug, and you're listening to the whole thing, and it's transmitting to wherever you want to be, anywhere in the world, hmm. as long as you knew what phone number to call. So people hope have not, be, I, I hope we're not telling people they haven't thought of this, the way to do it. <laughs> well, you know, on the Internet now, you go to YouTube, you learn how to do everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, the calls that we get every day are uh, usually spouses where the husband wants to be able to listen to... Uh, their wife's phone call, you might suspect that she's cheating on them. Right. And, and, and you know, hey, do you sell bugs? I said, no, we don't sell bugs. And, you know, what you're asking me to do, it's illegal, and, you know, we have to educate these people. And they say, but it's my house. I can do whatever I want. I said, well, it's your house, but the law says the moment you do that, it's illegal. It's a federal exactly. offense. It's wiretapping laws. So um, the audio, uh, what we're finding when we do searches, Francie, I'm finding a lot of cassette, uh, not cassette tape recorder, uh, well, I did find cassette tape recorders, but digital recorders, mm-hmm. because they're so small, and a spouse is putting them, they're hiding them in a vent, or they're hiding them inside a, a cushion, or a, a stuffed animal, or, you know, in a plant, and they're hoping that they're going to catch somebody talking to their boyfriend, or they're going to put it in the car, uh, and talking about cars... GPS trackers, that's the other big thing. GPS trackers are so inexpensive now. You can buy a tracker for less than $200, mm-hmm. and people are putting them on cars, and they're keeping track of their spouses uh, they, to find out where they're cheating. Uh, but there are very legitimate reasons why people use trackers. Like parents, they want to keep track of their kids. Uh, sure. Maybe they just got their driver's license. They want to see if they're speeding. Uh, things like that. I mean, there businesses. are legitimate purposes for all of these devices, and that's the problem. Yeah, and businesses who want to make sure that their uh, trucks are going where they're supposed to be going. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, that's legitimate. And and the laws vary. That's another thing where the laws vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. What might be legal in one county in some instances is illegal in another, or in one state is illegal in another. Sure. I mean, California has probably one of the strictest laws on GPS tracker usage. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is I sell more GPS trackers in California than any other state. <laughs> so, so it's kind of interesting. But again, there are many very legitimate reasons why people would use a, a GPS tracker. Uh, I, I, the, the funniest one that I had was I had a farmer uh, who had a cattle ranch a humongous cattle ranch, and he wanted the smallest tracker that we sold so he could put it on the co- collar of one of his cattle 
so that when they're out in the field, he would have an idea what field they were in. Cause <laughs> it could take them forever to find them. <laughs> Did he have to get permission of the cow from the cow to do so? <laughs> I, I think there was there was some moaning about it, but I think that it, that it worked out. But again, very legitimate reasons why people use a lot of these devices. But again, there's unintended consequences that they could be used and and well, uh, in different ways. And you know, there's um, there's a company that makes devices to track. Uh, Animals like in Canada, they want to track certain animals that are on risk of becoming extinct. Sure. And so they um, they put you know they capture the animal animal and put the device on them and and uh, it's just exactly the same thing. Yeah, and, but most people are now. Uh, I would have to say that the biggest market for consumer GPS unauthorized tracking, for for lack of a better word would be uh, spouses, they're doing mm-hmm. their own detective work, uh, trying to see if they can catch their spouse cheating on them. And also on in their children's vehicles, uh, making sure that they always know where their kids are and that they're not, uh, they're not driving at excessive speeds, which is kind of interesting. I, as a parent, I can see, you know, if I had a young child just got their driver's license, you, you're always afraid of what they're going to be doing out there. Yeah, for sure. And, and let me just say for our listening audience, if you decide you want to get a GPS tracker uh, and you want to put it on a vehicle, you be sure and check out the laws because they're going to vary from place to place. And Jimmy is right. In California, the laws are very restrictive. So check the laws out before you do anything. <laughs> Uh, you know, you have a lot of couples that their attitude is, I don't care what the law is. It's more important for me to find out what I'm dealing with. So, you know, they want to know if their spouse is meeting somebody or going someplace when they said that they weren't. Yeah. Uh, and and the same thing with uh, audio recording. The, these people don't care what the law is. They They feel that they have to know, and knowing is more important to them than uh, the consequences of what might happen. I, I knew one... Uh, individual that uh, I had heard about, and he was so proud that he caught his wife, uh, he tapped the phone, and he caught his wife talking to the boyfriend and getting all the details, and he then presented all this in court, and then when he presented it in court, the judge says, uh, I can't use any of this, mm-hmm. and they said, well, why? He says, because this was all obtained illegally, and sir, exactly. you, just commit, you just admitted to committing federal wire uh, tapping <laughs> laws, you're under arrest. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So people have to be smart, you know. Uh, but again, th- what's happening is this equipment is so cheap. Uh, it's very inexpensive now, and it's so readily available that people are just using it, and sometimes they're using it in a totally unlawful manner. Okay. That's a good time to take a break, Jimmy. We'll be right back. More to come with private investigator from New Jersey, Jimmy Messis. Stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. 
It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's Choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. Jimmy and I are back talking about listening devices. So I just want to be clear, Jimmy, about um, listening devices. So m- most of the listening devices you have to actually go back and retrieve them to get the information. If they're a self-contained recording device, you'd have to go back to retrieve it to be able to listen to what was recorded, or you could have a bugging device that's actually transmitting a signal, and it can transmit, you know, normally they're going to go a short distance. They're not going to go super long distances, so the person who's receiving the signal is going to be within the area. And they could be recording what they're receiving. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if it's transmitting a signal, that's really easy for us, for the most part, to find. Uh, just to at least detect that there's a signal being transmitted from within your house or your apartment. And using our equipment, you know, we can zero in and know exactly where it is. But when you're talking about uh, a recording device, it's not transmitting a signal. You have to use uh, nonlinear junction devices to detect the, the electronics of a of the unit, or you have to do a visual search, metal detector, mm-hmm. different methods from experience to, to do that, but a lot of it's visual. You know, and, you know, I've been out on a, a site with a TSCM, uh, Technical Surveillance uh-huh. Countermeasures uh, Exploratory Effort, and bugs can be any place. They can be in the light sockets. They can be yeah. just anywhere that you can't imagine so it, it's a it's a difficult job to locate these things. Yeah, and, and I don't want to scare your listeners, but <laughs> I don't care how good you think you are. Yeah. Even those of us that actually do TSCM for a living, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard. Uh, you know, we have to use our equipment and our experience and visual searching to find these devices. And uh, people are very ingenious when, where they hide them. But we always have to remember that a recording device, let's say, has to have a microphone. And there has to be a target area where that, there's a reason that microphone is there. What is it that they're trying to record? So you're not going to normally find a tape recorder hidden in a closet mm-hmm. or in a garage unless somebody thinks that that's where the conversations are taking place. You know, always remember there's, there has to be a purpose for why it's there. 
just like the hidden video cameras. You're not going to have a hidden video camera in a closet. What are you going to see there? They're going to have a hidden video camera that's pointed toward a bed, pointed towards a bathroom, the shower. Mm-hmm. There's target areas, right. and that helps us to identify exactly where we're looking. And, and let me just say, those of you that are listening that might be considering hiring somebody to look for these um, bugs and video and all of that, to be sure and get somebody who's qualified. Not every private investigator can do this. There are only actually a very few private investigators that do this kind of work. So check their credentials. And maybe yeah, I, I think a little test question your listeners could maybe have is, Real simple one is, by the way, man, this equipment must be really expensive. Can you tell me, like, what's all this equipment worth that you're, you know, you're going to be bringing to do the inspection? Yeah. Or how many pieces of equipment are you bringing? And if they tell you, well, you know, I have this little handheld device and it's going to tell me immediately what happens, and, you know, it costs about $500, that's not a professional. That's somebody who's using a little piece of equipment. Real TSCM people will come in for, you know, fifty to over $100,000 worth of equipment, and oh, a lot of equipment, yeah. using like a spectrum analyzer, right. uh, nonlinear junction, and, and all these other doohickeys. That they're expensive. I mean, you're talking a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. It's very expensive, and, and upward from 100000 in some cases. Yeah, some of the basic units, just to get started, start at 35000 for just one piece of equipment. Yeah. So um, it's, it's expensive, and I think uh, make sure that you have references so that you know. And as far as what you can expect to pay, <laughs> expect to pay a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, a lot of TSCM people may charge uh, by the, the room or they charge by square footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a rule of thumb that I have found, you know, in, in talking to a lot of people, you know, if you use a dollar a square foot as a guide, you're going to be somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah. And and I would say that is a very low figure. Yeah, I mean, just in the ballpark yeah. to give people an idea. Because yeah. I think sometimes they call us up and they say, hey, can you check to see if my my yeah. whole house is bugged? Yeah. And, you know, I throw out a number and they go, oh, my God, I thought this was just going to be a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. no, we charge a couple hundred dollars per room. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's uh, very expensive. But there is an epidemic of hidden cameras. Yeah. And, and that's the most important thing that I'm bringing out today is, uh, I invite your listeners to just go do a Google search and mm-hmm. just type in found hidden camera in school, found hidden camera in bathroom, found hidden camera in hotel, and you're just going to be blown away yeah. by the pages and pages of news articles of people that have been arrested for this. You know, Jimmy, what would you say to legislators, for example, who object to private investigators using any kind of equipment like this, like say the GPS tracking or, or any of this stuff. I'm not, not, the, not illegally, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. but using it for a lawful purpose. What would you say to them why it should be maintained for lawful use? I would say, let's say GPS trackers for a moment. For, for over 100 years, PIs have been doing surveillance. And when they've done surveillance, they've either done surveillance on foot or they've now, you know, they're doing it on their car from their vehicle. Mm -hmm. Uh, A GPS tracker is tracking a vehicle that's already in public view. Exactly. So there's already been legislation on this that uh, in New Jersey, for example, there was a woman who uh, she hired a PI to follow her husband that she suspected was cheating, and he was, but he was law enforcement. 
when he found out that there was a PI involved and there was a tractor on his car, he went ballistic, sued everybody. Uh-huh. The judge threw it out. Really? Threw it out, yes. He said that the private investigator um, had not placed the tracker on the vehicle. In, uh, he had not trespassed to put the tracker on the vehicle. He had done it in a in public uh, public area. And that, secondly, the vehicle was always in public view. So mm-hmm. the tracker did nothing more than what the investigator would have seen on his own. And they threw out the case. So... Unfortunately, it probably cost the PI a couple thousand dollars in legal fees. Uh, but, you know, sometimes being right doesn't mm-hmm. mean you win. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Uh, well, right. And, and the, the point being is you, uh, at least in California, I don't know about it, how it is in New Jersey or other places, but in California you have to have permission of the registered owner. Yeah. Now, what a lot of PIs are doing to get around the laws is they're actually just having the customer buy the tracker themselves mm-hmm. and, and teach the customer how to put the tracker on a car. So the PI is really not actually doing the GPS tracking. It's they're the actual client. They're a consultant. And they're a consultant, and uh, mm-hmm. then it's the spouse who did everything and, and not the investigator. And, you know, it's unfortunate. There is a lot of cheating going on. Yeah. But people are now becoming their own PIs. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, so the, which uh, another thing that comes to mind uh, that we're talking about GPS and laws and things like that is there's a big movement on license plate readers now. Yeah. And that's another thing where the car is actually out in public view. Right. And if somebody happens to capture your license plate, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it seems to me that that shouldn't be a problem, but some legislators think it is. Well, you would think it shouldn't be a problem, but there are those people that are screaming out their privacy. Mm-hmm. But yet, when those same people are the ones that are yelling at law enforcement, well, why didn't you catch that terrorist if you, they, you knew that he was in this state or this country? Why, why didn't you keep track of where his vehicle was? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, law enforcement can't follow people every day, not for nothing, but when the FBI does surveillance, they use six cars minimum, six agents per one person tail. Yeah. All right. And so you can imagine how cumbersome that is. But I love the license plate readers. I I utilize a service that gives me access to that. And if I have a person's plate, it'll give me an idea where that vehicle was seen. Now, let's remember this. The vehicle was always in public view, no different than if somebody else had written down the plate number manually. Exactly. No different. All right. Okay. And it's, we're going after the bad guys here, folks. You know, it's yeah. not like we're, we're snooping right. on good people. We're, PIs yeah. are normally getting hired to, to do something that deals with people that are committing fraud, exactly. crimes. Exactly. Same thing with law enforcement. Law enforcement could care less if a spouse is cheating. They're interested in, is this car stolen? Is the, is the person driving this vehicle driving an unregistered vehicle? We've got to get him off the road or he's an unlicensed driver. Or, or even in shopping centers, big shopping centers using them to, and often find stolen cars parked in their yeah. shopping center. Um, they have them in my shopping center, and mm-hmm. the police cars in uh, my jurisdiction have them on the trunks of their car, and they drive up and down the aisles of the parking lot looking for yep. stolen vehicles. Yep. And I know if my car was stolen, I'd love it to know that there's technology out there that helps that police officer find my car within days instead of months or a year. For sure. You know, Jimmy, we're out of time. Uh, it's been delightful talking to you. Likewise. And, uh, I'm just delighted to say that PI Magazine, under the direction of Jimmy and Rosemary Messis, our valued sponsors 
of this show. So if you're interested in advertising on this show, PIs Declassified, you can contact Sandra Rogers at voiceamerica.com and tune in next, again next week as we declassify more stories from real investigators. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, uh, A real investigator. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.